Welcome to Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. We are so glad you could join us today. The Crosstalk podcast is in pursuit of growing in our understanding of the gospel and discovering what it means to transfer to the next generation. And now, here are your hosts, Charles and Daniel. It is good to be back with you, and we do thank you for joining us today. And I think it is very evident that I have almost lost my voice. (laughs) I think there's an imposter in the room. Yes, it is Daniel. I can promise you it is Daniel speaking on this side of the the mic, and I think my dad can uh, uh, confirm and affirm that. Um, Looks like you. It's it's really just that time of year in the allergy seasons. The weather's fluctuating. And And my whole family, everybody (laughs) except me, has this... So I do ask people just to bear with me as I will be much more gravelly in order to oh, communicate. So, yeah, anyway, exactly. You're, you're next. Uh, but anyway, it is time to move into the realm of biblical theology and how that affects our thinking. We have touched on it. We've danced around it. But today we want to talk about the realm of thought which is to say, what do we believe about the, how the Bible informs our thinking? So we're not talking about inspiration. We have talked about that on, on Crosstalk. Yeah, we have. But I think most of our listeners are there as it pertains to Scripture and If you want a refresher, go back yeah. in the archives. Absolutely. But what does the Bible teach about God, and how does that inform our thinking? So in our next podcast, we will continue going further with this. But today is our starter in biblical theology and how it informs our thinking. So we're talking about the realm of thought. Yeah, we think of a kingdom as a king's realm, and this is the realm of thought. Yes, uh, no, absolutely. I, so, I needed to give some credit where credit's due here. I've been reading um, Michael Richards on biblical theology. That's Michael Lawrence. Lawrence, Martin, sorry. Yeah. I called him Richard Lawrence. And not That's okay. Richard. It's okay. Anyway, yeah, Michael Lawrence. And if anybody's read that book, uh, Chapter 5 sort of spurred some of these thoughts. Of biblical theology. That's, That's the title of the book. book yeah. on biblical theology. And it's altogether possible. I'll say something the way he said it. Wouldn't want to take any credit for that. So, uh, uh, in fact, anybody you can think of can have credit. You know, <laughs> nothing's original with me That's anyway. Right. So. Well, it is good practice to point out yeah, other people that we are borrowing that from. Yeah, absolutely. I'm this wise guy who came up with all these original Well, thoughts. Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun, yeah, so there you right. go. <clears throat> yeah, we're actually going to talk about that Yeah, a little bit. Okay, so jumping in today as we talk about this realm of thought, the first thing is, and I think we have to go to this, is the idea of knowing God. Right. It was recently, uh, I saw, recently saw a tweet uh, from a friend, and he asked uh, those who follow him, uh, your, your, um, I think it was your favorite book, a book that, it, that had the most impact on you, and I immediately thought of Knowing God by Jack yes. Packer. And I said, because it, uh, it um, what was the word I used, it, uh, for lack of a better word, dramatically, um, expanded my view of God. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the Bible ought to do that, too. Right. Um, but in the first place. But knowing God means um, more than knowing about Him. And so it's not, it's not about just, just knowing it's facts. It's not just about information. Yeah. Uh, and so in, in one sense, um, uh, it's unnatural to us to mm-hmm. know God in the right way. 
it's not unnatural for men, for women, for humans to think of God, to think mm-hmm. of something bigger. Especially in a crisis or something. We, right. we reach oh, for something be that is there. beyond us. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> but it is unnatural for us to know God in the biblical sense. It doesn't come naturally to us. Uh, it... Um, and I think we see that by the discussions we have and the discussions we hear regarding God. And when God comes into the subject, you know, we were talking about this a moment ago. We were talking about your son, my grandson, and the question he had about God and how powerful is God. Yeah. And I brought up the fact that when I was a young man, I had, was running around with some guys who did not know God and did not know Christ and had no interest in following God, they ask the question, Is God, can, if God is all-powerful, can he make a rock too big for him to pick up? Well, that, those kinds of questions, and that's a question worth answering if it's a- asking the right spirit, but usually that's just a discussion stopper. Or just some, but the point is that I think that illustrates they don't really want to know. how that we don't <laughs> naturally think big thoughts and right thoughts, biblical thoughts of God. So it's unnatural to us. Yeah. In the second place, it's unreachable to us and unreachable for us. I mean, if you think about it, we are humans. So we're talking about a transcendent God. You know, we, we'll talk some more about that next time. But Well, the Scripture says, who can know? <laughs> who can know? Yeah. Uh, or who has known the mind of God or who has right. been his counselor? <clears throat> Not just that. Uh, I mean, for, for us, and we'll talk about the reasons for that in just a moment, but God, his thoughts, him, him, he himself, his being, even his attributes, when we think about his power, his glory, his omniscience, and um, all these things, it's out of our reach. It's not within our natural reach. We we can, you know, sometimes men reach for some metaphysical is what it's called, the stuff right. that's beside the physical, beside the material. It's other than material. We reach for those. There's people, philosophers, who, who talk about these things. But they always fall <laughs> short, and there's a reason for that. Right. Uh, they don't look in the right place. I, I think it's important to realize this, this is where you have to start, is knowing God. Yeah. You, you have to start here because those who, like you take those guys that ask that question. Yeah. I mean, they don't really want to know God. Yeah. They just want to catch you up. Yep. But if they, they wanted to argument. know God, yeah. that would be a whole different question. Yeah, I, and I would say for our listeners, you're, hopefully you're thinking. We've been talking about thinking for a few weeks now. We're going to talk about it probably for a few weeks more. And uh, if you're thinking, do not think that because you're a thinker and you may be of some intellectual ability. You know, I, I don't consider myself an intellectual, but there are some out there. And you may be among those, those listening. Um, you Nevertheless... Your goal is not to win arguments. Just remember that. Our, mm-hmm. The goal of thinking is not to be skilled in winning. And, and we w- we'll talk more about that. We've mentioned it before. But um, well, and I, we I, want to know God. I think it's important to realize that the reason we go awry in our thinking is because we do not know God. Well, how, how often have I said this in just the past few weeks? I, I haven't kept up with it, but um, Proverbs uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Knowledge, wisdom, understanding, all have to do with thought, with thinking. And this is the realm. This is the area, at least part of the area, that we're responsible for 
for thinking about and for right. developing our thoughts about. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so, if we're talking about knowing God, what does that naturally lead us to? Well, and it's the first step because then we need to know uh, know ourselves. Um, but we can't know ourselves properly apart from some understanding of God, some knowledge of God. Because if we only, you know, you know, to your own self be true, uh, right. know yourself. Uh, I, All the cliche phrases of our society. Yeah, I. Those are understandable efforts and expressions of often of unconverted people. Um, we often hear people say, "You got to love yourself." Yeah, and you got to love yourself. Um, this is; these are not biblical in in their origin. Right. Um, <clears throat> for us, knowing ourselves includes a couple of important basics. It's, this is not all there is, but pretty much everything comes out of these two things. One is that uh, the image we bear as humans. <laughs> No. Okay, so Christians. Which is really starting in the reason why we were created, and we talked about that. Right. We're image yeah. bearers. Yeah. Our Christian brothers and sisters. Genesis. We think it all, no yeah. matter we're going with this, but we, we are made in the image of God. Let us make man in our image. And so God made man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now, boy, you just opened up the whole big uh, Medusa's. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm using two different Medusa's head and the can of worms. Right. Two different figures of speech there. But, but um, Well, I, I will say this. I was just reading a few days ago a book by Kevin DeYoung on biblical manhood and womanhood. Uh-huh. Uh, he starts off the first chapter in there talking about that whole concept of image barrel. Yeah. He says it way better than I can. He's so eloquent. Yes, so practical. Articulate. Oh. And he articulates in there the whole profound nature of being image bearers yeah. of God. I think and about that. Just yeah. this concept and idea of what that means for us to to show forth so then when you start thinking, he brings this in, he's like, so when you start thinking about marriage, and when you start thinking about right. kids, and community, yeah. and yeah. justice, and, Embryos. and all of these things, <laughs> he's like, oh, wow. Yeah. This uh, is what yeah, the wow factor is pretty big there. So, yeah. and, and that's a book I would commend to you. I'm only first chapter in, but anything Kevin Young does is fantastic. Yeah, he's, he's just a, such he's a good communicator. Reading. Yeah, well, absolutely. To, if you get a chance to listen yeah. to him. Um, <clears throat> so... I, the best way I describe, I'll just say this real quick about Kevin Young. He's a practical theologian. He's very practical. So deep, yet so practical. He is. Yeah. I would recommend him. Read his, he, most of his books are small. Yeah. Very readable, short chapters. Which I think is on purpose. Yeah. He wants the, the average person. Google his stuff. I, hey, you can order. I, I don't know of anything I couldn't recommend. He's from a different denominational background than I am, but that's okay. I mean, yeah. he's got stuff to say. and. Um, anyway, but not on, to get this, up, but it's on super the good. image, well, no, that's that's worth uh, that's worth bringing in here. Um, on the image bearer thing, that that's going to bring to mind for us in, in developing our worldview. We haven't used that word a lot yet, but it's going to bring <laughs> to mind things such as murder and theft and mm-hmm. rape and abortion. Uh, the image of God is a pretty big deal in all of that. Uh, then. We not only have to think, as we know ourselves, and we know that all humans, and by the way, just to give you some of the implications of this, all conceived humans <laughs> are bearers of God's image, whether they were conceived 
in a loving relationship or in a um, sinful rape action or incest. Yeah. There's still now we're all all of us bear a fallen marred image, but we all bear that image. So well, and in some sense we've thought. all been born in sin anyway. <clears throat> yeah. So in some ways not to discount rape because the rape is such a hideous thing. No, not at all. <clears throat> but it it's is serious. But it Most does bring things. life out of something that was dark. Well, there's a double conundrum there. First, someone has committed a, a gross sin against an right. image bearer. And then oh, something has been conceived. Someone has been conceived who bears that image. Right. You think about the conundrum there. So it's interesting. We talk about this idea of image bearer and how it should influence our realm of thought. Um, I had the opportunity about a week or so ago, maybe longer now. I don't remember to speak to a particular political candidate in our town and is running for mayor. She's running for mayor. And my wife asked her directly, as we were both speaking to her, what her view on abortion was. And I don't want to go into the details of the conversation. That's not the point of what I'm saying. But the reason we ask that question is because we're informed by this thought. Yeah, for sure. Because, And I told this. Well, she got an answer, and I told her, I said, the reason we asked you this question is because what you think about this issue will influence all the things that you do. Yeah. It tells you. I'm not sure she knew how to take that. Yeah. <laughs> Even though she is a Catholic yeah. background and yeah. should have some sense of Judeo-Christian values, that question, she's probably never been asked that question before. But just to give you an idea, that's why I'm informed in my way about voting, because not that I want to be just one-dimensional necessarily, although that's not necessarily a bad one-dimensional thought. It should inform me because what you think about life will dictate how you feel about everything else in life. Well, this is not a discussion on abortion. No, but it, no. But it, but it does show us where our thinking can go and should go. Where a, a That's the systematic part that we're going to get to. A train of thought. <laughs> we're going to talk about that developing a train of thought at yeah. some point we're going to well, that's i've got syst- that written in my notes somewhere amongst all the stuff that's a systematic about. part yeah. of our thinking and yes. how we and play it out as far as <clears throat> abortion goes i remember a fellow saying on a christian talk show on a christian radio uh program years ago uh, he was he was sort of the co-host and he he said to the guy who hosted the program he said for me abortion is a watershed issue mm-hmm. and um I'll give you something to think about as you follow along here. The next okay, few so weeks. we're so, image bearers. That's what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, but so we see something about the image we bear. We also have to see if we know ourselves something about the curse we bear. Um, when Adam fell, we believe that we are sons all sons and daughters of Adam, and that when and that he is our federal head. So that informs our thinking about <clears throat> humanity, and. Um, we inherited from him this fallenness that came and the effects of the curse that came that God pronounced upon the first pair, Adam and Eve. Um, this is one reason why the whole issue, and I'm thinking, I'm, I don't have this in my notes, but I'm going along with this thinking, that's why the issue of little creation is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there's some ways that people think you can get around that. I find them difficult. So, So we... Uh, we are fallen. Yes, we bear the image of God, but that image is fallen. It's marred. We see that. We see much to commend the image of God. We see that men and women are creative beings. They are. They work. 
God labored and created. We've seen a number of things that reflect this, even with the curse. You know, it's interesting. People who are not believers struggle with defining what goes on in the world when it comes to wickedness and evil. We as Christians, if we don't have this particular theological understanding that we are sinners born into sin, you know, because of what Adam did, we're going to struggle all the more with trying to define biblically what we're engaging with in society. Right. And so you want to think clearly, you've got to think clearly about sin and who we are as sinners. (laughs) You know, you really do. And and I think you will explain. We're going to gradually expand on these concepts. We're going to do it some more next week, uh, next time. And then, uh, but but it, it will be, you don't finish this off uh, unless no, no, you no. write a long book. Not in 20 minutes. There's more to write. So knowing God, knowing ourselves, what else should we know? Well, uh, there's the whole cultural issue. Um, you should about present culture. Yeah, I'm talking about knowing our times. Uh, there's a one of the tribes of Israel was known. I can't remember which one it was. That they the sons of Ephraim, I think it was, <clears throat> and they had an understanding mm. of the times. Mm. Um, just as almost kind of a side comment, it, was, it, it just very quickly said. But we need to have an understanding of the times and of our times of history. And where we are in the whole flow of history. Let me ask for clarification. When you say an understanding, do you mean the ability to discern what is going on in culture? Yeah, and, and where where that puts us, and uh, where that places us in our our Christian thinking and our Christian living, in our evangelism and our standing. Right. Uh, for instance, um, um, we need to be aware of the recurring issues of life. Some things, you know. You mentioned this earlier, but Solomon says uh, there's nothing new under the sun. Well, that is true. There's nothing that is in its basic in its basic elements new. Murder, hate, strife, um, social conflict, injustice—these aren't new. Uh, racial hatred, ethnic hatred. There have been there have been ethnic cleansings. There have been. Um, um, just you, you name it, uh, wicked rulers and uh, maniacal uh, politicians and statesmen. Uh, we hear we use the term Machiavelli. Yeah, you know Machiavelli was was quite the ruthless uh, politician, you know leader. So <clears throat> these aren't new. It's it's not new to have leaders who do good things but are bad people. It's. It's not new to have good leaders who do good people who become bad leaders. I mean, these are just the issues of life, the struggles with what do you do with with terminally ill people. That's new in some sense because it's changed, but it's not new in its basics. So. so there's nothing new under the sun, but we still need to understand our times. I think what we're saying is, how do you take Scripture, what we've been talking about, the realm of thought, in discern what's going on may not be new but it's maybe different in its manifestation different in how it's showing itself and as for instance social media was not thousands of years ago this was when scripture was written so they didn't have to deal with that but the basic elements of what happens with social media has always been a problem yeah um, selfishness vain vanity you know those um, are new 
envy. Yeah. Those are not new. Yeah. Now it's Infidelity. just a new, right, a new format from which we can do it even to greater heights. Even pornography is not new. It's no. new in its form, but it's not a new substance because pornography is simply that which arouses sensual passions. But, um, well, um, uh, Lawrence brings this out. He, he points out that we... we we need both an overall view of Scripture, which is a biblical theology. Right. Where is Scripture going in its story and its meta narrative and its and and the themes that are coming up? And then when we see those themes, what does all of Scripture say mm-hmm. about any given subject? And we're going to talk more about that. And then we talk about systematic there things right. where the thought of Scripture, the strain of Scripture, is systematized so that you see all that Scripture says about it, so you don't just get. In one context, but you get the overall context of Scripture, and so, uh, and we learn to apply that. We're going to talk some more about that as we go, but um, there are then there these unusual issues of life. I, I, I talked about the recurring issues; they're the things we see all the time. But there are unusual issues. Well, and I think you and I talked about this in our discussion beforehand. But Lawrence brings out a kind of an example. Uh, and I just went blank. <laughs> uh, it's, um, it's on the stem cell. Research. stem cell research. Obviously, that's not something that previous generations have had to deal right. with. So, and it's not mentioned in scripture, right or wrong, quote unquote. But how do we approach something like that? Well, it is mentioned in scripture in principle, or at least at least the answer to it is. Oh, and that's his whole point when he's writing yeah, about exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. And that's what Richard brings out. We'll we'll talk some more about that another time. But this is. You this keep saying is, Richard is not Richard, by the way. Uh, it's Michael Lawrence. Richard Lawrence, yeah. Michael Lawrence. Okay. <laughs> I hope he's listening. He can. Yeah, right. He can forgive <clears> me. <throat> but um, the point is that you take something like abortion. Abortion is not new, but the forms of it are new. Right. You take something like um, uh, transgenderism. Right. Uh, a, even twenty-five years ago was rare, and. You wouldn't have thought about calling people by a different pronoun than that of their sex at birth, and uh, you know th- these expressions are different. But are they different in the sense that the, the scripture now doesn't speak to them? And that's not so. They're not. They are not that different. Well, and he talks about if you develop your realm of thought, your biblical theology, then you'll know how to approach these issues because you know where God stands, who He is. Right. You know God. Yes. You know his character. You know how he works. Yeah. And anything against that character and how he works becomes obvious once that all fits together. Well, and we believe <clears throat> that there is objective truth. We who are right. Christians believe there is objective truth, and evangelical Christians stand on what we call objective truth. This is what is true of God. It's what is true of man. This is God's truth. It's not uh, our own truth. Everybody has their own truth. Right in the words of a well-known uh, talk show host, mm-hmm. but that there is truth to bring to bear upon these things. And so these unusual things that we're talking about, these unusual issues of life, the Word of God has something to say about them. So we talk about the realm of thought. If someone, and we're going to get into this more, I know, but how does someone develop that realm? Well, actually, that's what this whole series of broadcasts, our podcast, is about. Uh, but 
I think we 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 grow in our understanding of this realm of thought with these three basic things. Hmm. And we okay. Do yeah, that. yeah. No, that makes sense. And we yeah. talked last time, was it, or was it two times ago, about the authority for thinking. Yep. The authority for thinking is obviously the Word of God. We believe that to be uh, the objective standard of truth that God has revealed in, in His Word. And this is where we go. Uh, perhaps when we've done this for a few weeks, we will have both repeated ourselves and addressed some new things as we go along so that when folks begin to think that way, they don't think, oh, that's what Charles said about that. It right. must be so. They think, oh, Scripture says yes. this. Absolutely. Amen. Oh, yeah, and it does Amen. say this. And therefore, since it says this, it's obvious that this is true. And this is where we land. We're going to talk a little bit about that next time. Amen. Well, that's good. And before my voice goes anymore, I think we should probably just sign off. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thanks for being with us. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, everyone, so much for joining us today. You can always visit us on the web at crosstalkpodcast.org. Crosstalk is produced by Vision for Living Ministries, a nonprofit organization. This podcast is a free resource, but you can support us financially through our website. For more information on Vision for Living Ministries, visit our website at visionforliving.org, where you will find more great resources. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Vision for Living or on Twitter at V4L. We also love to hear from our listeners. You can email us anytime at info at visionforliving.org. Be sure to join us next week on Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. Mm-hmm.